If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for common sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, thank God, thank God it is Friday. I what a week. I can't believe it, but... The next 48 hours, uh, we, we uh, uh, are having uh, Senator Johnson talk to us in the next uh, few minutes. Uh, it's going to be a critical 48 hours, a lot of things happening in the world. And uh, we don't know how it's the – how did the British say it? We don't know how things are going to sort themselves out. It is a mess, John. And Israel is right now pounding northern Gaza. It is the biggest explosions we've seen. So everyone uh, just on edge waiting to see where this is going to go. In the studio, we have uh, Judge Richard Weinberg. Judge, welcome. Nice and, to be back here. And uh, <laughs> Governor uh, David Patterson. Governor? It's nice to be back here if the judge is here. Okay. That's wait, wait, what, what about me and John? Wait, what about we us? Have, we, you have guys are two, okay. we have two special guests, two special guests and observers in, in the studio with us. We have His Royal Highness, uh, Prince Pavlos of, uh, of Greece. But like we said, it's the, Greece is a democracy. Uh, so it's an almost like an honorary title right now. And we have his wife, the princess and Marie Chantal. Uh, Princess, welcome to the studio. Uh, the Royal Highness, welcome to the studio. Thank you. Good to be here. And you've been here before, saying so you, you liked it. Uh, Princess, would you like to say something? Thank you so much for having us. Oh, thank you for being here. And, uh, I understand, uh, you were born in, uh, where are you, where are you from? So I was born in London and I have, uh, my mother is from Ecuador and my father from Boston. Wow. Yeah. And you, and, and, you promise, and you promise you're not a Boston Red Sox fan. Absolutely uh, not. We have no. three kids born in New York City, and they're yeah. all yeah. Yankees. Well, good. An, and Rangers. Yeah. Well, it's an honor Yankees. to have you both here. We're Thank, Thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, I understand uh, uh, Senator Johnson is calling in. Yep, uh, we've got uh, Senator Johnson now dialing in. With us today is uh, Senator Ron Johnson from uh, Middle America, Wisconsin. And uh, what the heck is going on? Well, we're going to find out. Uh, Senator Johnson, uh, every, everybody is on tiptoes because things are happening. Uh, it looks like there might be an attack, but nobody really knows. Uh, what do you feel is going on? Well, John, hello, Rita. Well, uh, the world's on fire uh, because the Biden administration and prior to that, the Obama administration coddled Iran, funneled tens, hundreds of billions of dollars into the largest state sponsor of terror, and so they're proxies. Uh, Hamas, Hezbollah, uh, the Shiite militias that are uh, attacking U.S. troops in, in Iraq and, and uh, Syria, um, they're on the move. Uh, when, when America is in a weakened state, which it is under Democrat governance, uh, the world's a more dangerous place, and that's, that's what we're seeing today. It's, it's tragic. Uh, we need to do everything we can to support Israel in their right to defend themselves and destroy Hamas. 
you know, Senator, uh, you, you talked about also defending Israel. The, the White House is kind of trying to have it both ways today. There's so much politics. No, we're just defending ourselves with these U.S. airstrikes on these Iranian proxies in Syria. Is that way too little, way too late? And is it just sending mixed messages to Iran? Well, it's probably too little too late, but I'm, I'm glad they're doing it. Uh, when when our the finest among us, the, the brave men and women of the military, when they're attacked, we need to respond. We need to let them defend themselves and destroy whoever's trying to attack them. So at least the Biden administration is doing that. But let's face it, they, they didn't tell America that uh, we had service members injured. Uh, they weren't really talking about uh, these attacks. So, that, again, they're, they're trying to have it both ways. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, it's, uh, uh, we're, we're, like I said, all Americans on the tiptoes. Uh, there's so many things happening uh, with Hamas, with Hezbollah, from Lebanon, uh, from what's going on in Ukraine, what's going on in uh, uh, China with Taiwan. Can, can, you know our, our forces. Can we handle three wars? Uh, we certainly don't want to be in three wars. I, I don't even want to contemplate a war with China over Taiwan, uh, you know, basically halfway around the world. Um, you know, what's even, what's even really disgusting, guys, is, is what we're also seeing on our college campuses. Uh, we understand why uh, we're in the state we are when our children have been indoctrinated now for decades, uh, not only in colleges, but also K-12. So they're, they're coming into to these radical left institutions and they're, they're just putting frosting on the cake, you know, a little whipped cream with a cherry on it. And, and now we see students, American students, that are protesting in favor of the Hamas terrorists. And we've got news organizations saying, Let, let's not call them terrorists. This is, this is insane what's happening. It's being exposed. I hope America's eyes are open to what radical leftism is doing, not only to the world, but to our own country. Is it the fault of our uh, broadcasting institutions, the fault of our universities, or uh, whose fault is it that uh, uh, our university students don't uh, take the time to find out what the truth is? Well, again, the, the massive stroke of the radical left was taking over our universities, so it starts there. And so universities graduate not journalists, but advocates for the radical left. Uh, you know, they're graduating not teachers, but too many indoctrinators of our of our young people in K through 12. So it starts there. But you know, the, the big problem we have is if we had a a free press that is unbiased, that would hold both sides equally accountable, you wouldn't have this corruption in federal law enforcement. You wouldn't have this corruption in inside our our other school systems. So it really it really starts with uh, our university systems and the radical left taking them over. And by the way, Senator Ron Johnson, too, this is in the House side, but this is stunning to me. There was a resolution condemning Hamas, condemning the attacks. Nine Democrats, including Rashida Tlaib, uh, wouldn't sign on to it. I mean, that's amazing. It is. (laughs) It should be shocking, but it's pretty much uh, what what the squad does. And, it's again, it's disgusting. When, when, When you have... Jewish students having to barricade themselves in a library to protect themselves from these protesters supporting Hamas. Uh, Again, America has to awaken to the urgency of the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Senator Ron Johnson, we thank you so much. Uh, Great to have you here. And hope to talk to you again real soon. Stay well. Thank you. 
Thank you so much, Senator. And joining us now is Brigadier General Anthony Tata, who is Undersecretary of Defense for Policy. And uh, first of all, General Tata, it's great to reconnect with you, my friend. Um, what do you think is happening there in Israel? Because they are pounding now targets in northern Gaza, uh, apparently the biggest explosions that they have seen in the last 24 hours. And they're also getting incoming. Uh, there was a hit. This was amazing. A Hamas strike hit an apartment building in Tel Aviv. Uh, where is this headed? Yeah, it's great to be with you. Thank you. Uh, well, first of all, I think the last couple of weeks, what we've seen is some immediate reaction uh, from the Israeli Defense Forces to reestablish the border, uh, help those that were attacked, and, and uh, sort of police up that. We, we got a bad connection. Hold on. Are we okay in the control booth? Yeah, we're just checking the connection there, General. Sorry about that. It sounds a little Are a you little on the tenny. speakerphone? Yeah, then? could you get on your off the speakerphone if you are, General? Okay. Uh, sure, hang on just a second. Okay, perfect. General, can you hear us? I can. How Much uh, a little bit better. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, where do you think that are we are we on the brink of a ground war? The this could this be the incursion? Well, I think uh, what we're seeing here is that the Israel has taken their time to develop target folders and to figure out where Hamas leadership is in Gaza and uh, marshal their forces, get the resources set. This all takes time. This is a PhD level problem, and and they're getting that their uh, situation uh, uh, situational awareness to the point where they're confident sending troops into this meat grinder. And so they've been destroying Hamas leadership, destroying Hamas air defense, destroying as much as they can so they can come into Gaza, establish command and control bases, establish logistic bases, and begin to move very methodically through to be able to take some terrain, eliminate the, the, the terrorist threat, tighten up their logistics, and continue to move. This is not like a Call of Duty video game. This is flesh and blood going from rubble stack to rubble stack, high-rise to high-rise, tunnel to tunnel. And it's going to be a painstaking process. And and that's what you know, everybody thinks that there was, you know, some uh, uh, United States trying to delay this event. Essentially what's happened is Israel is on Israel's timeline, and they're going to attack they're going to uh, general um, general, sure. general can general, we call you back in a different line yeah or could you yeah give us another line because it's it's breaking up a little bit and i know what you're saying is so important right now yeah sure okay uh, well, okay yep, the only yep. line i got but uh, I'm, I'm happy to, um, it might uh, be our line so let's change lines and yep. recall the general yep perfect and meanwhile perfect. we'll talk amongst ourselves so. absolutely well what i heard him say is um he's talking about the hostages guys that was the last thing john and um they are saying now there's 229 hostages, but that's the balance that Israel wants to go in. Uh, but yet they also want to make sure the hostages are OK, because that's a you try to get as many out if they can at this moment. John, it's a delicate balancing act. Yeah, it's, it's a problem. And, uh, uh, you know, if I was in, in the insurance business, I wouldn't insure those 229 lives right now. It's scary. You know, uh, Judge Weinberg, you know, we were talking to General Kellogg, uh, General Keith Kellogg, who was former national security advisor, and, and, and he was and pretty blunt. Kellogg said? He said, look, you can't fight a war based on the hostages. You cannot be held hostage because of the hostages. You have to do what you have to do. And Kellogg is absolutely right. Yeah. And uh, Governor David Patterson? It, it's 
Very difficult to say that because obviously if you're a family member of one of the hostages or even if you care about human beings in general, but it actually comes down to that. And I think one of the problems in this particular conflict that's been exposed in the last three weeks is that we don't know what war is. Yeah, and it's going to get a mess. Uh, Your Highness. Your Highness, I understand you served in the Army with the British uh, Army. And and, and in my view, if if you're given a target – uh, so every unit should be given specific targets and not go in just held to leather and do whatever they can. So I think insurgentary targets, go in, get somebody out, go back in again. That sort of thing is, in my mind, the best way because built-up areas are not a good place to be with a lot of people. And, um, Your Highness, you know, you you talked about also the strategics going in. What we've seen in the last, it seems like, 48 hours uh, over there is that's what the Israelis have been doing. They've been doing sort of minor ground incursion in the last uh, 24, they're really hitting the, you know, to the top. They've been hitting as many like Ham- Hamas intel operatives and locations and, and uh, ammunitions depots we've been hearing in the last 24 hours. Do you believe that it, this is sort of the, the lead up to a major ground incursion? Or do you think we're going to see sort of this back and forth as you're talking about? I don't know because I have no idea which way they're thinking about it. But I, I would err them on, on, on their judgments to on how much blowing up they're doing because – it's not going to give them any favor with the local population and the international population. So I'd be much more inclined to go for specific short in strikes as opposed to the mass bombing. Yeah. Very, and, very and difficult. Very difficult. Very difficult. Very difficult. Yeah. And, and also that apparently, as we were talking, um, Judge Weinberg too, the, the tough issue is too, is that there's a hospital. This is one example. There's a, a huge hospital there in Gaza. Well, the Hamas infrastructure is right apparently below the you, hospital. You have 4,000. Employees of the hospital. You have fifteen hundred patients. You have the terrorists located both above ground in the hospital and below ground in the tunnels. They do it deliberately. They win the war. They think by creating death of their own people for public relations gimmick. Is the general back on? I think we're going to try him real quick. Uh, general Tata, I understand you're back with us. Well, yeah, I hope so. Yep. Oh, it sounds oh, much better. Cool. Yep. It's much better. Yeah, much better. Sorry. I, so take it from here. Where do you think we are? Do you think we're on the verge of what could be a mass ground incursion, or do you think it's going to be a little bit of the back and forth leading up to this moment? I think uh, Israel is very methodically attempting to eliminate Hamas leadership, uh, their air defense, their weapon stores, uh, so that uh, the IDF can come in uh, in a very methodical way and and seize key rail junctions, road junctions, transportation hubs, uh, uh, the uh, block tunnels, because every every half a mile they move, they'll have tunnels behind them and beneath them, and they're going to have to protect 360 degrees. And so they want to do this in a very methodical way so that they're not just throwing their troops into the meat grinder here. And that's what I believe is – you know, people say taking so long. This is not Call of Duty video game. This is real flesh and blood. These are decision makers trying to figure out the best way, what intelligence that they can lay in, uh, layer into this with human intelligence, imagery intelligence, signals intelligence. All of that uh, then helps them identify what's called intelligence preparation of the battlefield. Where are we? Where do we need to go? Where is the enemy the the strongest? Where are they the weakest? Where are the command and control nodes? And all of this builds into a battlefield geometry that then you develop plans to be able to attack and and, uh, seize the advantage. 
Uh, this is a really tough situation when you have rubble, you have high rises, you, you have tunnels, and, and you're fighting a three or four dimensional battlefield. Uh, meanwhile, you have to hold some forces in the north against uh, Hezbollah. Uh, you've got to worry about Syria. Uh, you even have to, the far threats of Iran and potentially Turkey. And that's where the United States comes in, where we could be sending a much stronger message to Iran to be able to uh, uh, distance, the, uh, separate Iran from this equation. And uh, But, you know, I feel, I feel like uh, given this, uh, the appeasement strategy that the Biden administration has been taking with respect to Iran, uh, and, and quite frankly, their equivocation on Hamas. Uh, remember, the Secretary of State and State Department sent out some tweets, hey, you know, both sides, you know, that kind of thing. And, uh, so yesterday was a sea change in this administration's, uh, at least messaging on Hamas and messaging on Iran. Prior to yesterday, they were uh, soft on Hamas and not mentioning Iran. Uh, So they must have done uh, a poll or something that told them that they're losing support, because I I believe that's what fuels this president and this administration. The world world is mad at them uh, that for doing nothing and allowing our troops to to get attacked without reaction. Yeah, but but uh, at the end of the day, this president is craven. He cares about power. He par- cares about aggrandizing himself, and and, and ma- he has to maintain political power to do that. Uh, uh, you can't convince me, as someone who served in the uniform for thirty years, that this president actually uh, really cares deeply about um, you know our men and women in uniform. What he cares about is the reaction of the people. Uh, to the men and women in uniform being uh, hurt. And so they've got to shore this up. And so you saw a sea change. They were lying to us about Iran, right? They knew this. They knew they knew that I'm, Iran. I'm, wor- I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried our own people are lying to us. Uh, Judge Weinberg, we have time for one last question. 30 seconds before we have to take a break. General, last night I was listening uh, on television. I saw you. I saw the whole discussion about the U.S. government trying to take the position this was a distinct attack and retaliation against our bases. It had nothing to do with a Hamas-Israeli war. How naive is that, General? We're really fighting Iran. Yeah, we are fighting Iran, and Iran's fighting us. We know that. And and for whatever this fetish that uh, the Biden administration has with Iran, this infatuation, uh, giving them $6 billion, a billion per hostage, you think you think that Hamas is just going to, you know, hand over all these hostages and, and not use them in a psychological warfare manner? No. So we are fighting Iran. And and the question is, how do you, uh, you walked us into this trap, Biden administration. How do you walk us out without getting into a world war? Exactly. It's the appeasement. That the appeasement strategy is what led us here. They were wrong about Afghanistan. They were wrong about uh, Ukraine, Russia. Remember, they offered a Zelensky a ride out on the eve of the invasion. And, and they were wrong about this. And they're, you know what? The fourth thing they're wrong about is the border. That hasn't come home to roost yet. Yeah, it is a mess. It really is. Well, General Anthony Tata, we thank you so much. Uh, your new book, by the way, appropriately uh, time Total Empire. Uh, check it out uh, because you write such terrific books. And we just appreciate you with your military background, General. Thank you. Thank you, General. Let's thank take you. a break. <laughs> and we're going to come back with Larry Kudlow, the country's leading economist, to find out where the heck we are in the markets.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, this is John Katz and His Royal Highness uh, uh, Prince Pavlu and his uh, uh, the princess has just left. But they promised to come back and... Uh, and do something for Sunday morning. They were terrific. So tune in at the Cats Roundtable on Sunday morning and, and hear a more extent, extensive discussion with Prince Pablos and, and Princess uh, Marie Chantel. Marie Chantel. And with us today is the country's leading economist that's going to tell us if we're, if we're making money or going broke. And we have Larry Kudlow today. And, and Larry, i got to tell you something. In the last few days, I met with some major banks. They are scared of their own existence. And B, I understand Jamie Dimon has announced that he, he may sell a million shares, $140 million with a J.P. Morgan stock uh, within the next period of time. Did he tell you why? No, he didn't. <laughs> I'm curious to know why. I mean, the bank is solvent. They're well capitalized. I, I don't want to panic. It was a... This past week is a very bad week for the stock market. All the major indexes way down. They're in correction territory, meaning uh, 10% below their recent highs. Probably the worst one is the Russell 2000, which is the small cap index, small business index, publicly owned small business. That thing is down now 18%, so it's heading towards bear market territory. Uh, but the Dow's off, I don't know, 12%. The S&P's off about 12%. I think the NASDAQ's off about 15 or 16%. I think um, apart from the war issues and uh, the Israel uh, IDF ground forces are about to enter into a new stage, um, you know, we've got a lot of economic numbers this week. And what I'll say is the top line of the GDP report looked great, 4.9%. But when you look under the hood, business investment actually was continued its decline. You're not going to have a strong economy without strong businesses. Uh, Much of it was government spending and inventories, probably unwanted inventories. But you also had inflation. I mean, the inflation numbers this week were not good. And I love it when the press parses through, well, if you take this out and you take that out, you take this out, you're okay. Well, you're not okay. I mean, the Fed's gauge of the so-called personal consumption deflator was up 0.4% in September, just like it was 0.4% in August. If you annualize that, it's a 5% inflation rate, and the Fed's target is 2 So the moral of the story is inflation remains very sticky and much too high. And then I've got my own thing. You know, Paul Krugman uh crazy guy for the New York Times, he took out about six things and says, see, now it's 2% inflation. So here's what I did. I took out everything. 
except food and energy. Everyone excludes food and energy. So in my model, I took everything out but food and energy because gasoline and groceries are what people buy. So guess what? In the third quarter, that was up 6.6% at an annual rate. Food and energy. Just think gasoline and groceries. Now, that's too much inflation. It's way faster than wages. So people are underwater. And with an 8% mortgage rate, they're going to be underwater on their homes. Now, I don't know how that affects Jamie Dimon, who's a rich guy. But the reality is for ordinary middle-class working folks, these are very bad numbers. And I think for the stock market in general, sticky and high inflation, falling corporate profits, and falling business investment are all very poor uh, indicators. So we got a problem on our hands. If Jamie is selling $140 million worth of stock, I remember the first time I got into J.P. Morgan, Morgan uh, was uh, when Jamie bought a whole bunch at $60 a share, and I jumped in at $60 along with him. So if he doesn't want to own shares in his own company, maybe I should sell my shares too. Well, John, you're a pretty shrewd guy, so I'm going to leave it up to you. Uh, the Cudlow Trust doesn't really have 140 million worth of shares. <laughs> <laughs> so, We're all laughing, Larry. Uh, the just, God, the judge, and me. We're all laughing. <laughs> but here's the thing. Uh, the Cudlow Trust will reimagine its portfolio. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good verb. Larry, that's a very good verb. <laughs> yeah, I know. Larry, what, what else do you think? Uh, what what else? I, you know, we had a, a a senator on before, and I said to him, um, uh, who was that, Senator Johnson? Senator Ron Johnson. Uh, he just got back. Uh, From and, Israel. And, and Oh, no, that's Dan Sullivan who's coming yeah, up. Dan Sullivan's coming up. Uh, yeah. and, and he said, I said, do we have enough bullets to fight a war in, in the Ukraine? Enough bullets to fight a war in the, in the Gaza? Enough bullets to fight a war in uh, Taiwan? I mean, what, what are you, you've been around for a while. What, what say you? Yeah, well, I know those budgets. Um, I sat on the National Security Council for three years. Um, that stuff doesn't trouble me right now. What does trouble me? Well, first of all, the Israeli Defense Forces are going to go in on the ground, all right? And they are going to do what they're going to do. And it's very important that the Biden administration lets the IDF do what they're going to do. And all I'll say there is good luck and Godspeed and annihilate Hamas. Just annihilate them. And they will do that. I believe that firmly. Uh, another point I want to make is with respect to the northern front, which is Hezbollah and Lebanon, you know, Hezbollah's got a lot of rockets, but they have very few rocket launchers and they have no air force to speak of. So the IDF, which has a fabulous air force, and I will include to that the United States Air Force. We can take care of that side of the story. So I come in here as a believer, as an optimist. The last point I'll make, which is not as important as Israel's quest to annihilate Hamas, but the Biden administration is up to their old tricks again. So they want $105 billion, $106 billion for an omnibus foreign aid bill. 
including Ukraine and Israel. I think they should be looked at separately. But now, as Kim Strassel was reporting in this morning's Wall Street Journal, they want another $55 billion for so-called emergency relief funds, which is utter nonsense. And you have here, this is important, you have a new Speaker of the House, a very smart chap, Mike Johnson. Very smart, believe me. And he has said, he said it last night on Sean Hannity's show, said it again today, you want to spend money on foreign aid, you want to spend money on emergency domestic items, then you must cut spending elsewhere. But you cannot keep spending this country into oblivion. And in his speech Thursday night or whenever it was, Wednesday, he said specifically one of his priorities is to stop the spending in order to stop the inflation. And the Bidens have spent more than anybody. We're running a 7.5% of GDP budget deficit. Imagine Larry, that. Me and no you, warfare. You have to so teach this, them, Larry. Me and you know uh, it's not necessarily the spending that's causing the inflation. It's the war on fossil fuels that doubled the price of uh, uh, oil and food. Well, yes. I, look, I absolutely agree with that. But we have to stop spending. We must curb spending. You're going to put all these favorite projects on the line, then cut spending elsewhere, which the Bidens will not do. And um, my my final point is, you know, all these wash these administration spokespeople, this guy Kirby, John Kirby, whatever his name is, they're all worried about what Iran's going to do and how Iran's going to escalate. You know what? If we were tough and strong then they would worry about how we will escalate. Bravo. Right on, Larry. Bravo. Larry, we're going to be listening to you tomorrow at 10 o'clock. From this this calculation, they must worry how we will escalate because we will defend freedom. And Iran hates us. And you cannot, you cannot appease them. You cannot ever appease them. And that is the flaw in the Biden policy. Oh, somebody had to tell that to uh, President Obama. Biden. Yeah, I was going to... Yeah, Carter I was going to... Obama. Yeah, Obama. And continue with Biden. My vote's yeah. for Larry Kudlow for president. Uh, me too. I vote for him. <laughs> with, the Kudlow, with the Kudlow I Trust. I'm on it. Larry Kudlow, I'll be listening in. You'll be on WABC tomorrow at 10 o'clock yes, to, uh, to uh, 1 o'clock uh, and uh, 173 countries, 50 states. And uh, what are you going to talk about? The solar system. Yeah, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say, the stratosphere and the solar system. John left it out. (laughs) We'll be be talking war and the economy. Thank you so much. And that'll be overnight. So you might be talking about what's happened overnight. So God bless. I'll be listening. Thank you. Thanks, Rita. Thanks, John. Thanks, Larry. Let's take a break. And when we come back, we have Senator Dan Sullivan just came back from uh, Israel and the Middle East, and he's going to tell us what the heck is going on. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and Matidis and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. And joining us now here on Katz and Cosby for the very latest, he just got back from a big trip in the Middle East, including a visit to Israel. Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican of Alaska. Uh, Senator, you made some really powerful statements over there. Tell us about your trip. Well, Rita, John, great to be back on the show. I, I would say the, the uh, portion of the trip, particularly in Israel, was 
was very sobering. We, we have a, our great allies over there are mourning, they're in grief, they're in shock. But I would also say, you know, they have a huge sense of vulnerability, not just from this horrendous, vicious, evil terrorist attack by Hamas, but with regard to what's happening in the north, uh, Hezbollah, the Houthis. And I'll tell you this, um, you know, we met with the prime minister, met with his war cabinet, met with the defense minister. And in two of these meetings, they showed us the videos in the GoPro videos from these terrorists uh, when they were killing, slaughtering Israeli civilians. I've never seen anything so horrific in my life. We have to remember what happened to them. And it's just, you know, and in, in, in be more uh, even stronger in our support for Israel at this moment when they're in uh, significant peril and the citizens feel it and you feel it when you're there. You know, you also met Senator Sullivan with the families of the hostages. Uh, what was that like? That must have just been so painful. Very painful. These are brave American families who are there. They have loved ones who are hostages. But again, it just it just kind of underscores the brutal, evil nature of this regime. Let me give you one example. There's a young little girl named Abigail. She's three years old. These Hamas terrorists come into their home. They gun down her parents, kill them right in front of her, and then they take her hostage. Who takes who takes a three-year-old girl hostage? And um, it just gives you a sense of the evil nature of what happened and the fact that it's not just Israelis, it's Americans, our own citizens, who are deeply impacted. And that's why we got to stand strong with our only Democratic ally in the region. Senator, it looks like the next 48 hours might be critical. Do you have the same feeling we have? I do, John, and I'm continually getting briefed by our, uh, you know, the executive branch, our intel services, um, and I do have that sense. And in my view, you know, a lot of a lot of what's going to happen is, um, you know, it's, we're going to see how the Iranians react. Let's face it, whether it's Hamas whether it's Hezbollah, whether it's the Houthis, all of these proxies are funded, supplied, and trained by the Iranians. And their fingerprints, their malign influence uh, in the region is everywhere. And I will say, um, you know, the Biden administration, just like the Obama administration's policy of appeasing the Iranian terrorists, didn't work, doesn't work, and if anything positive could come out of this horrendous period right now with this vicious, evil terrorist attack on Israelis, it's the recognition by the Biden administration that their appeasement of Iran failed, and we got to be strong, very strong, against the terrorists in Tehran. Yeah, it's like they have their fingerprints all over it. We just have about 30 seconds left, Senator. It is stunning to see just the reaction, um, you know, people are saying, okay, well, look, we did the U.S. airstrikes, but Iran is still making tons of money on oil. I mean, they, they're not clamping down. It's, it's just like a little pinprick. Well, it's not just oil. Just think about this. Four days ago, 
the Iranian, um, the UN ballistic missile uh, sanctions, so that's the UN sanctions on Iranian ballistic missiles expired. Well, what the heck? Why did the Biden administration, A, let it expire, but B, why have they not called for the reimposition of these ballistic missile sanctions? All these terrorist proxies, Hamas, Hezbollah, the Houthis, have missiles from Iran that they're firing at Israel. Let's get with the program, put that um, uh, sanction regime back on the ballistic missile program of Iran and clamp down on the oil exports the way we did during the Trump administration that had a huge negative impact on Iran. Absolutely. One thousand percent. Well, Senator Dan Sullivan, thank you so much. Glad you came back safely and come back on again soon. Rita, John, always great to be on the show. Thanks very much. Wow. Very interesting. And John, as where this is happening as literally uh, northern Gaza, especially, is just getting pounded, uh, huge smoke. And it, this is the highest intensity of the fight and the ground incursion may be hours, if not days away. Well, what I think, and uh, I was not never an army guy, uh, they're going to be pounding all night. And I think they're going to go in at daylight. I don't think they want to go in at night. Yeah, I would, especially with the tunnels, too, as yeah. we were just talking about. And there's still uh, 229 hostages. So if they go in hostages. at daylight, we're talking about... Uh, Oh, maybe midnight uh, New York time they'll be going in? It might be at the end of the Rita Cosby show tonight, you know? It might be. You'll be be hot news. It'll be hot news. Uh, And uh, speaking of another huge story, John, that's happening, the mass manhunt. Uh, Now there are thousands, literally, of law enforcement looking all over New England into Canada now. Uh, this is for the Rambo, shooter. Rambo. This is for, that is a, actually a really good description because the guy's an outdoorsman. He's a marksman. He has clearly a lot of mental illness. And everyone's wondering, how did he even get out? Well, joining us now is Dr. Mark Siegel. And Dr. Siegel, I, I am still, I'm outraged. This, the more I hear about this case, this guy, uh, there's a new report that just came out. He got out of a mental facility. He was in there for two weeks, which, you know, is a pretty long time. Uh, you know, usually it's 72 hours, 48 hours. The sister of this guy came out and said when he came out, he said he was still hearing voices and planning on shooting up a base. And he's out and he has weapons. How did this happen? Well, the whole situation is awful from a from a macro point of view of what's going on with mental health in this country and in Maine, by the way. Uh, you know, I, I saw that report. Hearing voices isn't the issue because a lot of people hear voices and there's a lot of schizophrenia and psychosis around, which is completely nonviolent, Rita. But when you talk about shooting up a base, that's called a homicidal plan. That kind of person definitely should be involuntarily committed. And to be released with that plan would be, in my opinion, a form of malpractice. And the problem in Maine, and I'm not necessarily linking this, but I want to tell you there's a problem there, which is there's only three hospitals, mental, uh, psychiatric hospitals. Two of them are state. There's huge waiting lines for outpatient care. 2,000 people currently waiting. Get this one, Rita. 87 mental health workers in the entire state of Maine. Oh, my gosh. 87 what? last year, by the, according to the Maine uh, Health Department. And, and by the way, 2,500 law enforcement officers. Look at the difference. Now, look, law enforcement officers, they probably don't have enough either. But 
87 healthcare workers and no hospitals. They closed 20 uh, facilities, residential facilities. ERs are filled with people with mental health conditions. And if you think an ER is a place to figure out exactly how psychotic someone is, very hard to do that. So I, I'm, I, I'm absolutely shocked that someone who is hearing voices, but more specifically is making threats, would be released. Yeah, this to me and seems like it, a neon sign, Dr. Mark Siegel. I mean, I, this I, is I, like I, a blaring neon sign. I wrote in the New York Post today that a lot of the attention is being paid to the weapon used and more needs to be paid to the person using it. And of course, the other issue here is, Rita and John, that in Maine, they only have yellow flag laws, meaning that a family can't even say. And I believe this guy had a lot of trouble with his with his marriages and there was restraining orders, supposedly. I mean, you know, a family like or like that sister couldn't. In in a, in a red flag state, you, uh, that sister could have reported him uh, to a judge who would then take away his, his weapons. That's who should be looked at in terms of weapons is mentally ill people that have a violent tendency. Yeah, absolutely. And Dr. Mark Siegel of uh, Governor David Patterson has a question for you. So apparently the narrative changed, Dr. Siegel, that originally they said that he reported that he was having these problems and that's why they kept him. But now... The story, which seems to be the accurate one, is that he was observed acting strangely, and that's when they um, caused him to go in for two weeks. But I have no idea when he came out why there was no discussion about how he was going to live his life at that point. Governor, you have that exactly right. And the only thing I would add to it is what I said building up to your observations shows why there was no discussion. There's nowhere to go. There's no one to see. There's no real avenue for follow-up care. I mean, we talk about this a lot, but I have to say the only state that I think is really doing something about it right now is Virginia. I think I think Governor Yunkin has a big program and he's getting bipartisan support for actually increasing the number of healthcare workers, the number, the number of protocols, eyes on the ball. We, this is a huge problem throughout the country. You know how many psychiatric hospitals have been closed? I mean, granted, they're expensive and that's why it's, it's an issue of funding and staffing. You can't get people to work there. But we're going to have this problem more and more and more. This this is a situation where he escaped detection. Obviously, he's very good at escaping detection. That's clear. But it's not that he had mental illness. That's the issue. It's that he had homicidal thinking. Yeah, that's scary. Uh, Mark Siegel, we've got Judge Weinberg. Dr. Siegel, what troubled me from a law enforcement perspective, a public safety perspective, is if they're going to release him, why don't they give a heads up? Why don't the hospital give a heads up? to law enforcement. This guy was coming out to give him adequate time to get a search warrant so he could go into the premises and seize the uh, the guns. Oh, completely right. And again, in Maine, you have to, it has to come through law enforcement, can't come through the family. That's a yellow flag law. So Maine, you could, they could have done that. Judge, you're always right legally. Of course, that, that, that's what they should have done. But, but also, who let this guy out? I really want the, the listeners here to understand, you don't let a guy out who has a plan to shoot up a National Guard station. And if those were ongoing thoughts, and if they weren't ongoing thoughts, you better be, be really certain that the person's not lying to you. You know, it's not like they say, this isn't like the movie Terminator 2, you know. It's not like one day you say, well, I'm hearing voices and I'm going to shoot up a National Guard base. And by the way, today I'm fine. Don't worry, I'm fine. 
you, psychiatrists, a really good psychiatrist wouldn't wouldn't listen to that. Yeah, I think anybody uh, shouldn't be listening to that. I agree with you. I mean, to me, that is so troubling. And here we are looking for this man after he killed 18 people and some people still clinging to life in a hospital. It is just it's horrendous. Uh, Dr. Mark Siegel, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Need more mental health. Great to see you, Rita. Absolutely. Thanks, John. Thank Thanks, you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Good to be on. And um, after the break, everybody, we have a very fiery former New York Senator Al D'Amato is going to talk about all these protests on the streets of New York and elsewhere. Uh, some big details coming up. Well, you know what the NYPD has said? They told uh, Jews to be careful in Brooklyn because they're going to be under attack. I mean, what are they going to do? Go hide? Well, isn't that the point? By the way. The federal well, let's law, see what Alphonse says about that. The yeah. federal law makes it a, a serious felony punishable by long prison terms if it results in death by capital punishment for denying those people their civil rights. Where's the law enforcement by the federal agency? Well, that's why that's why you're not the judge anymore because you were too hard of a guy. <laughs> uh, let's, let's take that break. It's a common sense recap of the big stories. It's Cats and Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we're back and we have uh, uh, our the greatest senator from New York we ever had. Uh, we have Senator Alphonse D'Amato. Uh, senator, uh, what the heck is That's going God. on? The Jews are told to go hide in Brooklyn, but uh, don't let the Hamas see you. Look. Let me say this to you. These demonstrations being put on by the Palestinians and at these colleges, they they ought to be ashamed of themselves. What did they do or say or, or demonstrate after 1,200 innocent civilians at a music festival, little babies, mothers, fathers, grandparents were slaughtered, shot down, and, and 200 and, and raped. And, and just killed in the most savage ways, innocent people at a music festival and people in their homes broken into, just killed randomly and over 200 taken hostage. What the hell are the Palestinians? Uh, why don't they uh, uh, scream about that and say how long it is? You don't think Israel should get up and stand up and say, we're not taking it anymore. We're going to wipe you out, Hamas. Wherever you go, we're going to seek you out. And we waited long enough. They they released two hostages. Then they released another two. That's nonsense. And let me tell you, this administration be ashamed of themselves. Where the hell do you think they got the guns, the ammunition, the backup, the technology, the millions, hundreds of millions of dollars of, of, of rockets that they send over? Well, who do you think gave them the money and the equipment? Iran. Well, who do you think gave? Who do you think gave it to Iran? We did. And the United States of America. Yeah, through higher gas prices and higher food prices. Well, it started with. Oh, let's be fair. It started with Obama giving them all that free free money, and they hit it. A a plane load. A plane load of. British pounds, yeah, Swiss, because I couldn't, uh, couldn't do it in dollars. Right. Yes. In the middle of the night. And, the, and then it they was, were going to unfreeze the six billion, too. Yeah. Uh, well, Swiss, remember, Swiss francs. The six billion, by the way, I don't mean to say they should give it to them, is nothing. Because 
the former ambassador, the special uh, ambassador representative of the United States to Iran was hired again. All right. When 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 Biden came into office, they laid him off. The media found out. Otherwise, you wouldn't have known. Back in in June, they they've suspended his, his all of his uh, privileges, etc. All right. This guy made it possible for fifty to eighty billion dollars worth of trade that heretofore had been cut off to flow. Fifty billion to eighty billion worth of oil and gas, okay? And we now have to import oil and gas into the United States because of this administration. We, the United States of America, and Joe Biden help billions to go to Iran. It is. Okay? It's shameful. It is shameful. So and- everybody has it straight. When when President Trump was president, 400,000 barrels a day Iran was pushing at $50 a barrel. Chump change. Now they're doing three and a half billion, a million barrels a day at right. $90, $100 a barrel. That's $2 billion a week. I want the American people to know $2 billion a week because of President Biden's fossil fuel policy. And, and we haven't and clamped down on it. That's what we could still, clamp down on it in a second. And we still haven't. Yes, exactly, Judge. Isn't that amazing, Senator? Still haven't, even at this moment. They should clamp down, down on it now. Cut them off. And let me tell you why this attack on Israel, okay? All by Iran, because there's one country and only one country that keeps them from going nuclear. And you know who that is? Israel. Israel. All right? Because Israel will have to knock out their nuclear capabilities. And so when Iran saw that Saudi Arabia was looking to get to get Israel, it's up to to Israel to do that. But they must have the confidence that President Biden is going to back them up. And right now, I don't think they have the confidence that President Biden is going to back them up. Yeah, that's a sad, sad thing. Uh, Senator, we love you. We appreciate you being with us. And you got to come back on again next week as we always love having you here. Have a great weekend. You too. And what? how do we conclude? Oh, yeah, you got to do it with us, okay? I want to do it with you. Okay, so what do we all stand for, Senator? Truth, Truth, justice, and the American way. way. God bless. God bless America.